At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. My family thinks I'm crazy. A podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most. Because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that our government is shady. Like, oh, here we go, Mark. Off again with your... Mark being Mark again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing about podcasts is when you're on the air, it's like therapy, you know? If I can't talk to my family about this stuff, I'll talk to you, Matt, and all our listeners. Yeah, so who are we talking about today, Matt? In 1680, Robert Hooke first witnessed cymatics in action when he drew a bow across a plate of glass dusted with flour, creating visible nodal points on the surface. Fast forward this concept to our modern subwoofers and amps, a matrix of manipulated music and weaponized frequency that's been unleashed on the ears of the masses, leaving them with nothing but a zombifying signal to tap into. Pushing back against this corrupted concophony is rapper Cap Jones and Zach, the IPFS pirate behind Dead World Radio. All hip-hop, no whack shit. I'm Mystic Mark, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast with Cap Jones and Zach of Dead World Radio. I know they say like cat purrs is a certain frequency that can actually like heal. So if they get hurt, sometimes like they'll just start purring and it, it like helps. I don't, I mean, I'm, I don't know much about the biology of a cat, but like the, the molecules or whatever, like start to repair themselves because of the frequency of a cat's purr. I thought that was kind of wild. Depending on the tone and my ability to sort of completely dedicate myself to that given meditation it would have different effects sometimes i would come out of the meditation with more energy or i would come out of the meditation calm i was fascinated by it just by because i'm naturally drawn to sound as an individual tones and frequencies and things like that and i did have the means to sort of look at what i what i was finding on the internet be it you know certain frequencies would cause this type of effect or can cause another type of effect and sort of looking into that i had 
what felt like dreams from certain meditations with certain frequencies. I was blown away by it. I love the fact that you guys had a name that I recognize and I'm, I was like, okay, cool. R.A. the Rugged Man's in there. I saw a bunch of names I didn't recognize, but as I'm listening, I'm like, holy shit, I fuck with this. I immediately enjoyed every single new artist that was in there. And that's what I love about internet radio is the sort of, you know, curated style. You really resonate if you resonate with whoever the creator is, obviously, you two gentlemen that we're going to introduce here, Zach and Cap Jones, joining us on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. But yeah, just to get that out of the way, guys, I really want to commend what you've done and the fact that it's in IPFS. You're obviously, you know, taking the old school, what was great about old school hip hop and bringing it into the new school. And, and it's a lot of relevant stuff. I mean, the... R.A. Rugged Man song, I think, came out within the past two years, the one that you guys featured, because he he disses Joe Biden in the in the chorus. You gotta love yeah. that. Well, no, that's actually from maybe 2016 or 2017 oh, yeah? he said that. Yeah, huh. that was on, uh, what the hell is that record called? The uh, Legends Never Die. That was the one before his newest one. His newest one, though, is weird. Cause that came out early 2020 and a lot of the shit he's talking about sounds like some of the stuff that happened in 2020 and since. So he's tapped into something cause well, yeah, he's, he's kind of ahead of the curve. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And he's definitely one of the more, you know, recognizable names within underground hip hop. He's been on tinfoil hat a couple times. So maybe folks, if you're new to that name and you're listening, definitely go check out RA. He's kept it real for decades now. I remember the first song that really hit that even like my homies that didn't like underground rap respected this song was the uh, Uncommon Valor song, right? The, the the way he describes the Vietnam War in those lyrics is just so vivid and really captures, you know, a lot of emotions and really kind of the backdrop for a lot of where you know, this conspiracy culture, if you can even call it a culture, was born, you know, in this sort of fringe that was growing in the 60s and 70s and that eventually evolved into hip hop and so on and so forth. But let's not get too far out of the way here, guys. I apologize for running right in recording, but the way you guys were talking, I'm like, these guys just sound ready to go, but <laughs> let's get to know each other. Cause this is our first time meeting. Obviously, you know, I'm almost certain you guys reached out to me, but either way it's perfect. I would have reached out to you guys if I had found you because it's right up my alley underground rap. I don't know. Maybe you've heard me say this before, but it's a big part of how I even really woke up, you know, the information that was being expressed musically with the you know brilliant lyrics from all these different artists that were putting their their talent into something that really didn't seem like it was valued that much i'm sure these guys have great careers when you look at them individually but you know 
I remember Vinnie Paz in particular had a song that was like, yo, fuck, fuck Spotify, you know, or I think it was Apathy, actually. It was something about like, you know, going broke because of these downloads and the way the internet has changed and, and whatnot. And I think what you guys are doing with IPFS is really, really brilliant. So before I go and, and you know, ramble on and on and on, can you guys introduce yourselves and, and tell the audience what you guys are about, how this started and so on? Yeah, I mean, I'll go first. Well, I pretty much just do Dead World Radio. Cap is somebody I met through doing this. He's a okay. rapper. We hit it off immediately. He sent me, um, like, he hit me up on Twitter. He's like, yo, play some of my stuff. So I'm like, all right. And what was that one? The What was the name of that second one? Not Magic Mall. Yeah, it was Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion. Yeah, dude. So... I, I was checking that out. I was like, dude, this shit is serious. And uh, it's weird when you get, you know, messages like that from somebody random on Twitter that like the production, like it's, it's top class, you know what I mean? And uh, you know, the rhymes, like he had, he had everything mastered like in, entirely in, in every single facet of it, the rhymes, his production, everything, his storytelling abilities. So I was like, dude, this guy is, is putting in some serious work here. So, you know, I had him on, he was the first guest I actually ever had. And uh, we've been working together on some different things, starting to put out cassette tapes. I'm going to be putting out his new record, Doom World, on cassette. And uh, I mean, we're always texting each other and, and goofing off and shit like that. But yeah, that's pretty much me, though. I just do the Dead World Radio thing. I love IPFS. I think that stuff is really going to change the, the landscape of the internet, especially now with a lot of the different censorship. Like, we could circumvent all of that. Everything will be able to run if, you know, if enough is interest yes. is paid to it. Yes. And things like that. And and, and we'll uh, definitely get into all the details. But first, let me apologize, Cap. I, I'm, I apologize I didn't check out your stuff. I did see it on Spotify. I noticed you had that new record. Check out Doom World, but, man. He killed that thing. Yeah, and I want to say I'm pretty sure the, the Haunted Mansion album, right, is on Spotify. So people can go check that out as they're correct, listening correct. to this. If they want to jump out and, and listen to that real quick. But... Tell us about yourself, Cap, because it's a it's a pleasure to have you here, and I apologize for not introducing you properly. Oh, no word, no. There's no proper introduction. <laughs> you know, yeah, I appreciate it. I'm just an independent artist that really writes because I love it. You know, it's not. I'm not a. I'm definitely not a young buck. I've been doing music for a long time in a lot of different groups and a lot of different projects, and this is just a project to sort of talk about the world or philosophy or you know current events. And sort of just through the 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 pane of glass that I see it or really that the universe gives to me the way I interpret it, you know. And I'm, yeah, like Zach said, we met on Twitter. I don't know how I saw, I mean, that's just some probably some weird algorithm thing that put, put Zach's tweets on my feed because I'm really not a, a huge social media person. But I saw he was into crypto and a lot of things that I was in. And I was like, man, I got a link with this dude. It's sort of uh, weird how, how I found him. But yeah, once we, once we linked up, it was pretty much instant. We were sort of chumming it up. Like we went to high school together. Right on. Yeah, man. And I definitely appreciate the level of, you know, intelligence you guys are, are bringing to this. Cause I could tell just by, you know, what I heard in the few episodes I listened to on your website, Dead World. I don't think it's deadworldradio.com. That link, I don't know, it didn't take me to the right place. I'll make sure I mention in the intro and the outro the correct link, and it'll be in the description. 
But uh, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear you guys linked up. I think there's some sort of synchronicity that brings like minds in resonance together to do this kind of work, you know, for a, for a good cause to spread this awareness, to spread this information. Maybe I'll ask both of you guys this to answer individually. Cap, you can go first. You know, what inspired you to go down this road? You, you said you've been doing music for a long time. Obviously, you have a sort of conscious approach to your music. You're talking about things that are actually going on in the world as opposed to, you know, the majority of artists who kind of just seem to fluff things up and we don't need to name names but the you know what's being played on the on the mainstream billboard radios if they're even getting any play these days is is the opposite of consciousness we we all know that we don't have to spend too much time talking about that but when did this you know when did this journey start for you cap oddly this project specifically probably started I was living in New York City at the time. I've always written and, and worked on hip hop, but to to make this type of sort of, sort of focus on these topics started right around like I would say 2009 or so, 2008, 2009. I was living in New York City and just seeing a lot of a lot of things shifting and a lot of sort of awareness sort of being given to me by my surroundings and seeing how people were living and what what they were focusing on versus what was what was going on was sort of an internal battle focusing uh, being forced to sort of focus on work and focus on money and focus on sustaining uh, a certain level of income to provide for myself in a city that was so expensive and and just sort of watching everyone else around me focusing on the same things sort of led me into trying to figure out what it was all about and why. And that's why I think I started to shift and stop writing songs about, you know, the run of the mill stuff and trying to figure out uh, how I could try and maybe wake or, or, or bring some things to, to other people's attention that, that I wish I'd learned sooner, maybe. Yeah. yeah, New York is weird, man, because it is so expensive and there's so many people like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. like you, got, you do get lost in that grind and everybody's grinding and grinding. You got to, you know, you got some hot girl with you and you're grinding. But like it is, it's just weird. It, like you always are talking about the rat race and you're just on this little Ferris wheel thing. Like that's what New York I don't know. That's the vibe I always got every time I go there. I tried to live there for a month and I just couldn't, I couldn't hack it, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's weird. It's, it's, it's a very, it's, it's, it's just a machine. You know, the, I, I, I'll always love New York city and I moved there in like 2005 and fell in love with it, but it was, it was definitely just a machine as far as commerce and commercial, you know, the pushed marketing for everything is just, that's crazy. So it kind of, it's it's you you get enamored by it you know and, hear that man i was in i was in new york city two three weeks ago now seeing alex stein conspiracy castle he had some podcasts scheduled he flew in and i took the train down and, and met up with him but yeah i mean you know living in connecticut not too far from the train my family we always took the train down in new york city every now and then so i've kind of seen it throughout the years never really that intimately but it definitely has a oppressive, exhausting sort of energy if you're not from there. You know, going there, it's like, you know, it's very, it, boom, it feels like bombarding. Now, keep in mind, me, 
I prefer to be in the forest. I prefer to be going for a hike. So it's really any city would probably give me that feeling. But but I know New York pretty well being uh, from Connecticut. But how about you guys? Are you guys not too far from? I mean, Cap sounds like you're in New York. What about you, Zach? Well, I'm in Scranton, Pennsylvania right now. Oh, I live damn. in Philly for, I don't even know. It was like over 10 years, like 11, 12, something like that. Have you heard? Um, have you heard any of the work I do with Michael Wan on Pennsylvania? Actually, yeah, dude, I was getting a kick out of that when you're talking about <laughs> how creepy Scranton is. I'm like, it is creepy, man. There's a lot of Masons here. Damn, a lot of secret society stuff here. Yeah, well, I, speaking of Biden, he's. I'm pretty sure he's from there. At least yeah. he he spent some time there. That's right. That's I. I never know what to make of that because I think he was like super young. I don't think I always. He's got connections there. Yeah, he's from Arden, Delaware, which is a weird, weird place in itself. But yeah, he's got connections in Scranton, according to to Mike's research. And and I trust his research. I think he's not political, really. But it it all comes in, you know. I think the people who aren't political, who kind of connect those dots, usually lend themselves a little more credibility because they don't seem to have an inherent bias you know like i've never seen mike go on a rant about anyone political anybody you know so so yeah i don't know exactly the the depth of of his connections in scranton but yeah that's that's interesting man it's just like that stuff aside it's so corrupt like the last mayor is in jail right now for corruption oh yeah (laughs) and then I don't know. Some well, that, I mean, from Portland that, ended up taking his place. And I'm like, she's not even from Scranton. What is going on here? Like, it, we got gutted a long time ago. And it's just like the fallout of that. Everybody, everything's run down. The city's falling apart. The taxes are crazy high. There's no businesses. So, like, I don't know. All the Masonic stuff aside, is the, the corruption is just wildly rampant. Hmm. Uh, just to clarify, I actually don't live in New York anymore. I live in Florida. Oh, I don't cool. want to like, yeah, I don't want to. Uh, yeah, I left. I left New York in like the end of 2018, right before the pandemic. Okay, so you you made the move early. You sensed it somehow. I did. I did. <laughs> lucky. It was a lucky call. The crapshoot, but it was a lucky one. Damn. Um, and I have to ask you really quick before we move. You said you're you're from Connecticut, and I. I've listened to episodes before and you talk a lot about New Haven. You from New from like the greater New Haven area, if you could even call uh, it that. I'm from like a, a couple towns over. But yeah. Are, I grew are you up a like fan of Louis Lunch. Is that is that a thing to you or no? <laughs> it's so weird that you mentioned that because my oh. buddy my buddy Rob, he he's become a friend of mine. He found me through the show and he's like twice my age, but he's cool, dude. He has me uh, help him out with odd jobs here and there. The first time we met, we went to Louie's lunch and I hadn't gone there for years. So I didn't really have an opinion. If you asked me a couple months ago, I probably would have been like, oh, it's it's all right. But, dude, we went there and the the bread on the. The bread was sopping with blood. That's how uncooked this piece of meat was. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really like a big meat eater to begin with. So I couldn't tell you like the differences. Like, oh, I like my meat rare. Like, no, I ask for a fucking medium every time. I'm like, give me my burger medium cooked. Okay. I don't want it burnt and I don't want it pink. And these guys, they have like this weird sort of like entitled sort of like, well, this is just how we do it kind of attitude, which I'm sure every everybody has those types of restaurants where they live. But 
yeah they just they're just weird and they're like they're like really against ketchup they they will never give you cheese on your burger me and rob had a good laugh fuck them that's my attitude on louis lunch i haven't been there in a decade probably but i had to ask if you were a fan or not that's funny well i'm sure they i'm sure they had their heyday you know i'm sure there was a time when maybe it was better but yeah i don't know what's i don't know what's going on over there but if that's the way it's always been then shit i cannot relate but you know these elites that that like yale and 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 live around here you know they have different tastes so they like the blood (laughs) (laughs) yeah but before we get too far into you know all that stuff because i could tell you guys some more stuff about new haven um cap or i'm sorry zach you're from scranton or greater scranton area i've been to scranton i've seen a couple things over there I'm almost 100% certain it's on the Susquehanna River, so it's definitely connected to a lot of what Michael Wan researches, and it's also on top of this, like, big anthracite coal deposit. Yeah. And Mike talks about how it's kind of like this, you know, black energy, you know, not not necessarily dark, not necessarily evil, but, like, in the alchemical sense, like, black. You get what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm originally from Scranton. I moved to Philly. I was 18. And, uh, you know, so, so I grew up around here. And the the coal thing is kind of wild. Like, actually, my dad was telling me, it was a couple of days ago, I was helping him out with something, but he was telling me that uh, his uncle lost a leg in the mine, like back in the day. And uh, the, I don't know, just weird stories like that. Because it used to be a boom town. Like, this was a, a pretty wealthy area. Like, I mean, I'm not even sure, like 60, 70, 80 years ago. And they once they stopped, like, p- producing all the coal, everybody just kind of slowly left. But uh, so the, the houses, they're, like, very old, but, like, they're very nice. You know what I mean? Like, they, they're definitely kind of, like, mansion-y style, very big. And um, I don't know, but I think that's just the weirdest vibe of it all is that, you know, they came in, they they stripped everything out of the land. They made all this money, it boomed. And then, you know, as soon as they, they gutted the place, everybody left. And like, we've just been sitting here like this gutted now. The, the tax situation is crazy. There was actually a record store. It was there probably a good 15 years. It was called Embassy Vinyl. They ended up just having to close. I don't know, all the venues that ever opened up, they never lasted more than maybe, you know, three years, I think was one of the longest ones, test pattern in Scranton. So... Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a it's a bummer town and the the politics, it's all corrupt. I know there's a lot of like crime family stuff with the Naples and all that, but well, and I'm know, I'm, just, I'm sure it's a similar kind of atmosphere to what we have going on in in Connecticut just based on my few times being there with like I don't know. It's just it's sort of this mundane oppression, you know. It's not like in yeah. your face. It's just sort of bleak and people aren't really happy with their lives and and most people that, you know, make something of themselves usually leave, you know, or there's some yeah. rare exceptions who people who really find their niche, but was there anything that happened when you were younger that sort of woke you up to, you know, this sort of greater reality that you're now, you know, kind of a part of with what you're doing? your dead world radio show and well i grew up you know i was like a skateboarder kid i was into like a lot of the punk bands a lot of hip-hop stuff and i mean we always got hassled by the cops we had one cop he, he pulled us over almost like every weekend 
And he would act like he didn't know who we were. So that was always weird. I don't know, the Chamberlain, it was a massive, like, weapons producer back, I don't know, I know the Cold War was going on when they were, like, really popping off. But uh, so we'd always go by that, and it was kind of sketchy. It's like, yo, that's that's the military-industrial complex, you know what I mean, like, right here. And they, they create a lot of jobs, though. I know a lot of people at work there. That's really the vibe. You're like... You either you were working for the coal mines, you were working for the weapons manufacturers. Now it seems like everybody's working either for the hospitals. We have like Guy Singer everywhere up here. So you're either, you know, a nurse or some kind of, you know, bureaucrat administration position and then schools. But it's all still just kind of government corrupt jobs. And then and then if not, you're doing like DoorDash or you're working at the Walmart. So I don't know. Growing up though, we we had a lot of fun. Like it's a it's a city. There's a lot of people, but there's like woods. If you drive like 10 minutes, you're in no man's land out there. You could kind of just do whatever. So I had a lot of fun just kind of, you know, we don't we'd always be drinking in the woods or walking around, you know, smoking a little bit. And then, you know, you could go back to the city, though, and you could go and skate around downtown. So I like the the complete opposite, like the duality of it. We we're able to kind of get the best of both worlds growing up. So, I mean, I'm, I'm talking all this mad shit on screen. I love that I grew up here, though. You know what I mean? Like, I, I did have a good time. It really helped me kind of become the person I am today. So I wouldn't have changed any of that. But it is kind of a bummerville, though. No, I hear that. And I have that same sort of, like, up and down with where I'm from, you know, as great as it is. And it, it's just as shitty and, and equal in opposite ways, you know. But, but yeah, I hear that, man. And music can be sort of an equalizer and an outlet. And it seems like that's why they've weaponized music. You know, they've taken that potency out of music, at least the mainstream music, and made it harder for, you know, independent artists to get the same, let's say, airtime or attention. But that, you know, that's now kind of inverse to I me, mean, especially with podcasts and you know comedians the the people who are going against the narrative are are overwhelmingly becoming championed you know rather than subjugated yeah. and silenced and and i think the internet you know like sam tripoli always says it got out of their hands you know they created this web 2.0 with the hopes of locking us all down onto these websites and apps and platforms but clearly the people who are behind innovating the internet are one step ahead of the curve. And I don't think Klaus Schwab and his goon of geriatric fucks could keep up with that kind of technological know-how. They might be able to pay a bunch of young dudes to, to do it. But I mean, that only goes so far There's for everybody they can pay. There's, you know, thousands of coders doing this stuff for the love of the game. And, and IPFS, I think it's kind of, coming in is this like you know ernie hancock says like pirates pirate radio you know pirates without borders pirate radio that term comes from you know people having a boat and using their boat to project that radio signal out and you know take listeners yeah. away from the mainstream sources but you two have joined forces to break the spell that's enslaved this world that's what you told me and i love to to hear you guys elaborate on that because I think my listeners are with you. I think we see the spell. I think we understand what's going on with the music industry and, and how they've sort of stacked the cards against independent, creative, you know, 
self-expression and, and really the soul you know they're trying to extinguish the soul but i'll let you guys yeah well i mean i just put these things together i'm trying to go for like a very sort of dystopic vibe you know what i mean to the to the whole thing and then so like that's like all the little clips like but it is something a politician is saying or some somebody's saying on the news so i just try to take that out and be like yo listen to what it is that these people are saying this is crazy like this isn't a conspiracy anymore like these people are, are telling you constantly what it is that they're doing to you and uh, so i so i always try to just find like some of that stuff and then maybe put like a little spooky music behind it to like add the effect or whatever. And then, yeah, I've tried to find like just people that are underground, like Ari the Rugged Man is probably like the most popular guy that, I, that I'll play. You know what I mean? I try to stick with like underground stuff, a lot of stuff that I'm listening to. And I mean, especially with this COVID thing, like the only people in music that are pushing back are, are the hip hop guys. Like the punk bands you think would be out there being like, oh, fuck that. We're not going to listen. But no, they all immediately buckled. And and I I think that's, I don't know, some, there's something to that, though, I think, because like a rapper could just blow up by himself. They don't need the machine of the industry behind them to do it. And uh, the type of person now, they're very confident. They're, they're not going to just buckle because the government or somebody, everybody could tell them they're wrong if they... You know, if they're not proven to be, they're not going to change what they're saying. And they're going to also have a dialect with you. So I think that's a big reason why a lot of the different celebrities who came out against the COVID stuff, they kind of just pretended it wasn't happening because they didn't want them to engage. And then when they engage, maybe some people will be like, you know what? Actually, Busta Rhymes is making sense right now. Or Styles P, he actually has a good point on why, you know, we shouldn't be taking this vaccine. So I don't know. I, I really love that that's happening. And I think it's just the type of person that becomes a rapper. They have that sort of confidence and, and able to just stand and, you know, defend themselves, basically. Right. But so so that's what I do, though. And as far as the artistic stuff, man, I think that's more in Cap Jones's court. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's 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 weird because the. The music industry in general just became so homogenized. And uh, it became like a, I mean, there's, I hate to say it, but like an algorithm for success in regards to what you're, t what you're talking about, the way you sound and right. all of those things be become, it just makes everything else sound generic, you know? And it so, even becomes like a generic personality. I mean, to an outside correct. observer, like I'll, I'll tell you, I've been, I've been a fan of rap as long as I've had the ability to choose what music I could listen to and it wasn't very long before i realized like oh hey this all, what's on itunes ain't all of it you know and i started looking and finding you know all these different underground artists and for a while i was like wow these guys they're great you know but unfortunately and i don't i don't want to get too political if you guys would prefer not to but i unfortunately i think it's become political especially you know, a lot of the maybe what we would consider social justice warrior talking points were not valued at all in the mainstream. So you heard the underground talking about 
you know, the rights for minorities and rights for people who are on the fringe, you know, no matter who they are, color, creed, race, like rappers were, were behind it. I remember Immortal Technique put out an album or was a part of an album for Leonard Peltier, you know, native, I believe he's from South America or Central America. I, I could be totally wrong, but somebody who's, you know, a political prisoner, somebody who was definitely not used by the black lives matter as a as a figurehead to be used to get sympathy you know and and i don't know how many rappers at that point in time went with or against that narrative or how many just stayed silent to stay out of it but it was a little disheartening that you know i saw some rappers you know kind of just fall off the map you know and like to be honest I don't I don't think we necessarily have to go through names of, of people, but like you mentioned R.A. the Rugged Man, I think he's an example of someone who's stayed real, stayed authentic. Another one, cannabis, you know? Cannabis yeah, is, has stayed authentic. I haven't heard him go against anything he's ever said, you know? And, and that's something, and like, unfortunately, although I always talk about Vinnie Paz and Jedi Mind Tricks, and I think like they're great and what they did was great, like, I haven't seen that same thing from Vinny. And, you know, who am I? I'm just a fan. If Vinny ever hears this somehow, I fucking can't imagine he ever would. You know, no disrespect. I respect what he's done. But to be honest, like, I listened to the dude's podcast. I checked out some of his, his more recent albums. And they still have that same Paz vibe. They he, they still hit hard. You know, the lyrics are, are graphic, you know. But they're not yeah. they're not he's what they were now. Yeah. He's just rapping at this point, you know what I mean? Yeah, He's and it's like done. end of days was like, you know, top of the list, you know? <laughs> and now it's like, bro, why are you not talking about COVID? You know what I mean? And like his podcast, I remember they were like clowning people who, you know, it's just it was just something like, I probably misunderstood it, but it just felt like they were, they were doing the same thing that a lot of the comedy podcasts I was listening to at that time did, which was they just either remained silent or they went with the narrative, you know, and that and that caused me to stop listening to a lot of comedy podcasts. You know, now, I mean, there's only as much as I can count on one hand that I listen to because those are the only comedians, in my opinion, that I liked in the first place that stayed authentic, stayed true to themselves, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think you touched on something, though. In, in, you know, when people, ex it's, it's sort of all become politicized, right? So every, if you take a stance, and, you know, a lot of people remain silent on things because it's easier, right? They, when you, when it's all so politically charged to take a stance on something makes you vulnerable one way or another. And so I think a lot of people are just, they'd rather, I mean, it's kind of turning uh, a, a blind eye to it, or I guess, or, or, or removing yourself from having to deal with the reality that either way you cut it, you're vulnerable in this whole scenario. And, and that's tough for people to oftentimes admit to themselves even. So I, I, I think a lot of people aren't even, they're, they're, they're not aware of it enough to, to even know that. Yeah. And I think too, like, the silence, like the people that should be talking about it, not talking about it, like the silence says, I think more than anything, what is actually going on. I mean, Mark, if you want to hear a crazy anti-COVID lockdown, 
breaking everything down. You got to listen to that Cap Jones human behavior song. That shit is wild. I mean, yeah, because if you don't know what to say, then they don't know what to say. And I think, I mean, I don't want to call them like cowardice, you know what I mean? But I think it is sort of, if, if you don't, if you disagree with what is happening, if you don't think people should, you know, lose their business over this virus thing, or you don't think people should be losing their jobs for not wanting to get a vaccine nobody knows about yet, and you're not saying something like, I think this was a big ball to drop, and I think a lot of people dropped it. But as time goes on, though, I think a lot of people are, anybody that had the inkling, like it it takes a certain person to, to look at this thing and be like, no, I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? The pressure was crazy. So I don't, I don't know. I, I try not to be too hard on that kind of stuff. But as time goes on, though, the people that were talking about it when it mattered, I think that's going to I mean, I, I think people are going to have a lot of respect for that because that's something that you should have a lot of respect for. Like like Cap was saying, man, it's hard to go out there because, you know, you, you don't want any kind of problems. You don't want to lose a fan. You're not trying to really piss anybody off with your music. But uh, I don't know. I think it, it's appreciated. At least I appreciate what you're doing, Cap. And, uh, and every artist out there right now, like Styles P has that song where he straight up, straight up says, I'm alkaline body. I'm never taking the vaccine. Like, and, and that was a huge song that he made it one of his singles and, and nobody, well, well, we can't talk about Styles P because he'll go on an interview and, and break down what an alkaline body is. And he'll break down, you know, why you shouldn't put a foreign substance in your body without anybody knowing the, you know what I mean? Well, what right. it's going to do to you in a couple of years. And I think people in charge of the narrative, they'd rather avoid it because kids will tune in. They'll be like, you know what? I like South P and he's making a lot of sense right now. So they just kind of backed off. But uh, yeah. And all respect to you cap. Cause yeah, that's, that's needed right now. And I know a lot of people tuning in to this show are going to check you out because of that. And, uh, and yeah, definitely let me know, remind me that name of that song again, and I'll put it in the, the episode description. Cause I think people are going to want to share that. I mean, there's only a couple rappers like i said that i can think of off the top of my head that have released anything relevant that i you know that i think speaks to what's going on and yeah maybe there's a lot of people dropping the ball but there's also this like wisdom and truth that was embodied in hip-hop that unfortunately way before covid i think was you know being oppressed suppressed and and just shunned you know it was sort of put on the on the second stage next to you know the easier stuff the formulaic stuff that cap was describing you know and and it really just presents this sort of you know un eh, you know i don't want to insult people because i know there's a lot of people that love this kind of music but it's just unintelligent you know and i hope i'm not in, insulting you guys either you know because i know cap you said that you, you used to make a lot of music before you made this sort of shift and I don't think that it, it necessarily has to be intelligent for it to be good art. You know, I'll say that as well. But, you know, as yeah, far as as far as like the level, the bar that's being raised right now, like we need to see more people come up and and raise it, in my opinion, as, as just like I said, just a fan of the of the art and the style. For sure. I mean, there's like, you know, there's all different types of art. So some people make Naked Gun 33 and a third and. Some people make cherry to the gods, you know what I mean? And right. uh, that's that's sort of like where I think there's a place for whatever makes people feel good and feel happy and introspective for whatever reason. But I think that hip hop specifically, at least when I started listening to hip hop, was just such a political force. You know, groups like 
public enemy and you know guys like krs1 and even i mean i got put and woke up and put on to a lot of things from early wu-tang clan stuff yeah, that yeah. they got into all the jordan maxwell right material and all that and, and so a lot of those concepts uh, came at me when i was in high school and way too too young to really digest what was going on i think about goody mob what they did on soul food was it blew my mind when it came out and it was very very ahead of its time and so that there's always been that arena or at least early in 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 my youth i found like i found hip-hop in that arena and i felt like it gave to write that sort of stuff just gave me more fulfillment that i was sort of serving some sort of purpose other than just reiterating what a weekend party was or you know whatever right the big plane, long limousine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I, we all have. There's, pro, there's, there's, there's. Like I said, there's places for all for whatever makes people feel good, and and sometimes people just want to sing and dance and think about what's what's going on in in their life. That's great, but I think it in this world of analyzing what's wrong and what we can improve upon, it's sort of like a a sports team, or you know, you have to analyze your your weak links individually as a community as a race as a whole the human race has to analyze what's wrong with what we're doing to really improve upon it and to do that you have to look at the negatives unfortunately mm, right right and and maybe i'm taking a purist approach but i do think you know when we trace music back the further back you go the more eloquent the more you know, punctuated and articulate it is to the time and the place that it's created, you know? And I think originally when music was created, it was, you know, it was, I, I don't know if we can even really trace back when music was created because it's such an integral part of what being a human is. But, you know, if we want to follow the lies of the mainstream history and say that, you know, these Greek guys went and, and, and discovered all this sort of gym, Geom geometry and mathematics and one of the things that I heard recently that's kind of stuck with me I've probably repeated over the past few episodes is you know math plus space is measure math plus time is music you know and there's something that's tapping into the fabric of the universe when music works in that way and it doesn't always work in that way and you know there's a whole history of how it's been manipulated from its pure version you know i don't think you can get purer than just like a drum and and people singing you know maybe strings and other rudimentary types of instruments i don't know maybe you guys have a different opinion you're talking to a guy who has no musical talent i mean some people ask me if i'm a musician based on how the show sounds but yeah, I just have an ear. I just have an ear. I have no talent whatsoever. So maybe this is an unsophisticated opinion, but do you think music uh, over time has devolved or do you think it has evolved? I mean, I think that there's definitely, there's a lot, I've, I've been in a lot of discussions about frequency tuning inside music where, you know, the most modern music is tuned to 440 hertz as a standard. and that's actually different from what the, the earth has as an actual frequency. I believe it's like 432. Right. So there's, there's 
there's some interesting concepts there to to really dive into because I think that as a whole, if you listen to a song, I mean any song modern now, listen to one of my songs and then you go back and listen to uh, music from 25, 30 years ago, it doesn't sound the same. It doesn't carry. And maybe that's, this is me being nostalgic or, or me impressing my views as a, you know, aging person onto what I'm listening to currently, but it just doesn't sound the same. It doesn't carry the same weight, the same soul as the old stuff did. And I think that there is a degree of that comes from machines. The more we incorporate technology into the way we make music, sort of dehumanizes it to varying degrees in my own opinion, but also industry standards that could really be looked into as well with the tuning and stuff like that. They yeah. sort of and alter like the, the trajectory in a way. For sure. And like all the amps back in the day were like tubes. The yeah, whole recording yeah. process was like pretty wild with the big fat, like two inch tapes and things like it, it's definitely different now. And, and you're not wrong. I mean, th that's a fact. It sounds different. You know what I mean? Whether or not you have a preference, you like the older stuff or you're the newest stuff, it is different. hundred percent. Yeah. Right. It's kind of crazy. It's, a, it's definitely a, there's a phenomenon to it. You know, I used to, I used to really get into frequencies and listening to frequency. I meditate from time to time and back in like maybe 2000. 11, 2012, I got into listening to certain frequencies while I was meditating and the effects that that had were pretty substantial, which is what caused me to start looking into why, why a standard music tune to 440. Ah, there it is. There's, there's a seed. See now I, I can, I can totally resonate with that and reflect with you on that because I've had very similar meditations and uh, you know it's sort of a gamble and maybe you can speak to this but for me i felt like it was sort of a gamble just kind of picking any old track you know whether it was on youtube or or some site that had like mp3s to download because yeah they could tell me it's 432 hertz and all that great stuff but how i don't know i don't have a way to test that i don't know you know i could be getting like some crazy psychotronic hallucination hypnosis sound <laughs> you know and that's super paranoid but uh, but yeah i i've had those same sort of breakthroughs despite that listening to certain frequencies and even taking it a step further and trying to create those frequencies with my own you know human instrument by ohms and and different chants and i i really do think that that was you know, I did that at such a young age that that's really where it kind of really started to turbocharge. You know, I was already interested in all this stuff, but when I did that, it was like, oh, okay, this is, this is something, there's something to this. And yeah, I, you know, maybe I'm going on about myself too much, but did you start to feel, you know, what people consider like a download when you were having these experiences, Cap? It was... Uh it was just a fascinating thing because depending on the tone and my ability to sort of completely dedicate myself to that given meditation, it would have different effects. Sometimes I would come out of the meditation with more energy or I would come out of the meditation calm. You know, I, I was 
fascinated by it just by because I'm naturally drawn to sound as an individual tones and frequencies and things like that. And I did have the means to sort of look at what I, what I was finding on the internet, be it, you know, certain frequencies would cause this type of effect or can cause another type of effect and sort of looking into that. I had what felt like dreams from certain meditations with certain frequencies. And yeah, I was, I was blown away by it. Not just myself, but I was kind of pushing this around my circle of, of friends who were sort of open to that sort of thing. And, and hearing all that feedback was sort of reassuring in the fact that I wasn't like just sort of, in, it, you know, sort of buying into something or, or it wasn't any sort of placebo effect. It was, it was definitely a fascinating though. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right on. I know they say like cat purrs is a certain frequency that could actually like heal. So if they get hurt sometimes, like they'll just start purring and it, it like helps. I don't, I mean, I'm, I don't know much about the biology of a cat, but like the, the molecules or whatever, like start to repair themselves because of the frequency of a cat's purr. I thought wow. that was kind of wild. It speaks to the comfort that people get from owning cats. I mean, I've, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had cats in my life and, Friend of the show, Alex Stein, has a whole harem of cats in his house. He's, I think he has toxoplasmosis because he has so many cats, but he still hasn't uh, been taken down by COVID. So who knows? Maybe there's some healing, some healing aspects to it. I don't I, That's the first on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. We've heard wilder things about cats, but that that's definitely one of the most interesting things I've heard. Yeah. Now frequencies are weird, man. I don't know that much about them though. Like, uh, Kev, when you were asking me about the, like the mastering levels and all that, I'm like, oh shit, I don't know about this. <laughs> yeah. I'm really nerdy about that sort of stuff. Just coming from, like I said, I'm just interested in sound in general. And so I always really, really, I just want to be a perfectionist about the levels of the, so the masters and stuff like this so you're telling me you might be able to help me understand what the hell my compressor's doing and and how to actually tune it because i mean we, we, we'll take this conversation off the air afterwards and <laughs> i can definitely help you as far as describing if you can you know we can take it offline but talking about your compressor yeah i can definitely help you but i also think that there's a, a real joy in trying to understand it for yourself and figuring right. out something you can go on youtube and somebody can tell you what they think it needs to you know, be set as, but that sort of lends itself to the, you know, everything sounding the same sort of thing. I, when you first signed on, I thought your mic sounded great. So I was just about to say that you guys gave me the approval right off the bat. So I, I, maybe I tuned it in just right, but that's good to hear, man. I appreciate that. Always, always. Well, shit. Yeah. I think the, I think the music industry is definitely seeing more people waking up to this i don't know how vocal they're being about it but there are some really big like i don't i mean this guy's kind of like came out of nowhere in my opinion but tom mcdonald i mean i've had like so many people reach out to sam to have him on tinfoil hat and you know being the booker for the show sam's like hey get this guy on and i don't know how the hell they get in touch with tom mcdonald so if anyone listening Tell him to tell him to reach out to me. I don't know. I tried on Instagram. He's got hundreds of thousands of followers. But this dude, you know, with the social media clips he puts out and the the content that he's putting out, I mean, love him or hate him, I mean, he's really generated a lot of a lot of 
a huge fan base, I mean, for lack of a better word. But what do you guys think of this, like, opportunity that people have now? you think it's it's sort of like a, a thing where you're going to see people sort of faking it to making it? Or is this an actual opportunity for, like, authentic, independent artists who are already sort of in this line to have a, a, a shot? I mean, there's an audience for them now. I mean, look how big a show like Tinfoil Hat is, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think if you're telling the truth or at least, you know, the truth, as far as, you know, if you're being honest and genuine, I think people are fucking starving for that right now. And I mean, I'm not the biggest Tom McDonald fan. I think what he's doing though is crazy. And I have a lot of respect for that. It's just like a taste thing. You know I mean? I'm, I'm way more old school. Right. Than, and I feel the same the way, you does, know, but I, I do have that same sort of, you know, it's a little more new school for me. I was more interested in, in, you know, what it sounds like you guys were also inspired by, which is why I really appreciate Dead World Radio. And maybe we could sort of transition into talking about that. When did you first, when did you first learn about IPFS? Like, when did this become, because I, I heard about it like last year, year or so ago. And, but when did this kind of, thought come to your head like oh this could be a great place to share this music that i love yeah i mean i started running a node like probably maybe 2015 2016 i never had anything to do with it and now i was just kind of running a node i love the idea of it i'm all into like you know the crypto blockchain like you know encryption stuff i think pop, like the privacy aspect of everything is always great so, you know, I was always trying to figure out what to exactly do with it. And then I always had a joke that I wanted to start a radio show because like, who the fuck is listening to the radio? But I was like, if you could do it now and make it like something super dope and like just special, you know what I mean? Into like 2022, anybody that is listening is going to be like, yo, what the hell did I just find? Like, so I always got a kick out of that idea. And it was last year, it just kind of clicked. I was like, wait a second, why don't I just put the radio show on IPFS? Because it's censorship resistant, they can't take it down. And uh, yeah, it, it all just started rolling from there. But uh, I love that. Yeah, I mean, oh, sorry. No, I, I was just going to say, I love that. And, and yeah, it's absolutely true that it's censor proof. And I think you're bringing a really great vibe to that. And I need... I, I want to see more people innovating in that space because, you know, a buddy of mine, Matt Raymer, has a podcast on IPFS, and I don't know how to connect to it. I've heard that he does it, but I don't know how to connect to it. And I'll tell you and all the listeners, I mean, it was very simple. <laughs> you sent me a link in the email. I clicked it. Boom. I was there. I was on the site. Click the yeah, most play button. Browsers now, most browsers now will allow you to you know open up the links and view the material that might so be like why because i in ipfs and not even know yeah i tried to i tried to open on my mobile browser it didn't work but when i opened on my desktop it worked fine so maybe that was responsible for that but but either way you know i'm sure that'll change over time things are innovating in this direction as we speak but you know music is particularly tricky you know considering licensing and all that I mean, what's the, what's the secret there? Do you, you have, you know, permission from these artists or is it just free reign oh, because no. it's IPFS? <laughs> yeah. I mean, anything that I'm listening to, you know what I mean? Cause I'm on YouTube all day. So with like 
the algorithm for like, yo, check this out. Like I find a lot of artists out there who are killing it. So, you know, I, I just kind of play whatever it is that I'm listening to heavy that week or that week or two, however long it is between the episodes. And uh, yeah, I've never reached out. I mean, Cap's the only one I talked to. I emailed a couple people seeing if they wanted to do an interview. A lot of people don't even know what the hell I'm even trying to say to them. Though. Like, hey, I do this thing on IPFS. And they're like, what the fuck is this guy? <laughs> and then, you know, and then I send them a link and it's just like a string of numbers and letters. And they're like, I don't know about this. I might be trying to get my credit card or something. <laughs> well, have you considered doing like, like a companion to the show to what you're doing on IPFS through an RSS feed so people can like, have those links in a podcast that they'll listen to where it's maybe those interviews with some music because i'm almost certain that it's kind of a situation like ipfs with rss you know there's no policing of licensing for music but i think that day will come i mean that's the reason why i use creative commons 4.0 music only on my podcast just in case a day comes where they start you know flagging people's content. I know it can happen on YouTube, right? If I use just like any old song, like top 100 song, my YouTube video will get flagged and and I'm not monetized on YouTube to begin with, so I don't care. For me, it's really just like, I don't want my content to not be available in all the places. So for me, it's kind of foolproof, but I don't know, maybe the day will come when they do that to the podcast RSS area. But I have heard like big shows like the church of the sub genius with Joey Diaz. He, he was using like every song he liked, you know, like any song he liked, it was like, you know, Led Zeppelin one episode, the next episode, it was like Frank Sinatra, the next episode, it was Dio, right? So he was all over the place and just kind of using any music. And I'm not trying to put you in a corner or anything. I respect what you're doing on IPFS. And I think that especially if you're highlighting like underground artists, it's like the more the merrier promote it. Cause those guys, probably aren't getting enough airtime on YouTube anyways with the way the analytics are. So yeah, man, it's just, you know, it's a matter of time before more people become aware uh, of what IPFS is. And, and I think it would be really cool if you had sort of a bridge to that in the form of yeah. a podcast. Yeah. I've been trying to figure that out. I was going to be like taking like the interviews and putting those up on like YouTube and all the different, you know, podcasting sites. But yeah, I mean, I'm trying to really keep the whole thing on IPFS, but it it is just like, how do I, you know, bridge it in? Like, how do I suck people into there? Because I think once they start seeing what's going on there and what you could do with it, you know, it's a data center that that's free. (laughs) Right. It's it's crazy. Well, I think what would be really cool is if you, and I know this is possible, it's just a matter of figuring it out. If you hosted your RSS feed from that node, and then you had your IPFS, you know, as it is with the node, you know, with all the files of music and whatnot. But then you had this sort of outgoing feed that went to, you know, Podcast Addict and Castro and all the other podcast players that are out there. So that way people, you know, like I said, they might not get all the music that they'll hear when they're on the main site. But they'll they'll hear the interviews, they'll hear maybe like snippets or even songs that you have permission from the artists use. I mean, and again, like it's free reign as far as it goes right now. It's up to you. I don't want to tell you how to how to create your show because I had a very similar idea, especially with like uh, 
Anchor, there was some kind of Anchor thing. I don't use Anchor, but Anchor was like, oh, you can make your own radio show and use, you know, any song you want from Spotify. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll try that. I make a few playlists on Spotify. I'm like, this is going to be great. I'll have the My Family Thinks Some Crazy radio show and I'll, I'll have it, you know, what all these ideas I had for it. And then I go to make it on anchor and anchors like, Oh, but you can only use 15 seconds of each song. And I'm like, well, that's not going to oh, work. Wow. Who the hell's going to want to listen to that? <laughs> You're going to be playing napalm death all day. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? So yeah, that's, that's basically why that idea never came to fruition, but great minds think alike and you're out here kind of innovating and using IPFS to do the same thing even better. So I love it, man. I think that's definitely something that needs to be exposed, hence why you're here on the show, exposing it to an audience. You know, more often than not, the most popular comment I'll get is, who the hell made that intro song? So I know my audience likes... <laughs> underground rap i know they like the yeah. vibe because i i did enlist uh destiny lab to make that particularly for the show because i thought you know this guy's cool he was a guest on my show he's a rapper it's a win-win and it's been great and i couldn't be happier oh, wow. with so, the intro so they wrote that song like exclusively for yeah. the show yeah he, oh, i thought it was just one of that's what's up that's yeah. pretty dope yeah i hit him up I had him on my show, episode 16 or 15, um, 17, I can never remember. But yeah, I told him like, hey, if you could take like a clip or something from my one of my earlier podcasts and mix it into a rap song. And he was like, yeah, I'll even write lyrics and rap, you know, a couple bars. And I'm like, perfect, great. So, you know, he put it together and yeah, like I said, couldn't be happier. We've even had uh, a dude who's in a metal band remix it like a hardcore version. So that was sick too. kind of have two, two different tastes. If you're into metal or you're into rap, but it overwhelmingly, it seems like a lot of my audience is into that type of music. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the rap is just, there's something about somebody just saying something and you're like, yo, I know exactly what you mean. Or like, yo, that's, you know, interesting. Like it's, the spoken word of it, the the lyrical part of it, even more than the beats. And I love beats. You know what I mean? I'll listen to instrumentals. I like a song that I don't necessarily like the lyrics if the beat's good, but like that, the verbal storytelling aspect of it, it, it does create a connection that I don't think any other music music can. Right. Even if like something like real poetic and, and all that, like the amount of words that you have to use, you know what I mean? Like you could say more, you could get your exact point across sometimes with with hip-hop so right i don't know man there's and, something about it no and and absolutely i remember there was a song i forget the name of the song you guys might know but the chorus is like the dumb are only confused by the drum or something or amused by the drum yeah it was uh you god yeah uh, yeah that was wu-tang Wu song right yeah and and that old no, was that master killer though I know it was Wu Tang. <laughs> I know it was Wu Tang. So we'll we'll just play it safe and say it was Wu Tang. But uh, but yeah, I remember hearing that, and I always thought of this like moment that I had in music class, some music class I had in in middle school or high school, and the teacher gave us all you know some questions, and she was like, "Do you listen to music for the lyrics or for the beat?" And I was the only person out of you know fifteen or eighteen person people who said lyrics 
everybody in my class, I mean, maybe it was just that uh, class that I was in, they said they listen to music for the beats. And I was like, what is, what is going on? Like, how are people not, you know, appreciating? And, you know, growing up, smoking weed with my boys, you know, hanging out with my friends, I would play like some Aesop rock and they would be like, who's that? Aesop, I'd be like, Aesop rock. They're like, Aesop Rocky? I'm like, no, no, Aesop rock. And they start hearing the lyrics and like, nah, 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 this is too much. This is too much. And then they would play some, you know, and again, I don't want to go and, and be on a high horse and criticize what other people enjoy, but there is this sort of primal oral tradition that's existed in this way in all cultures across the world throughout humanity you know there's something to it like you said the spoken word the spoken word over you know good music it, it speaks to your soul it has that potential it doesn't always but it has that potential you know so yeah i've always been my ears have always been tuned to the lyrics maybe that's why i'm not a talented musician <laughs> i mean i think it's like a, it's a it's the the storytelling aspect of you know humanity where we we can connect with each other through word you know for through spoken word through stories through you know it's why i mean really music movies every form of media that we consume is really about the story this is that's just what we're always inclined to do whether it's a campfire or a podcast over the internet right. people just want to talk shit and connect with each other you know right right yeah man i'm 100% with that. And I think that just adds to explaining why podcasts have become so popular over the past few years. And, you know, there are big podcasts that maybe are responsible for turning people on to the medium. And we all have our first podcast that broke our cherry, whatever, you know, but, but I think there's just something to it, man. And it, it probably, if there's some older folks in the audience reminds them of radio, you know, the ra way radio could have been or used to be and, and, you know, maybe minus the ad breaks and whatnot. But yeah, I think there's something, there's something to it that is just powerful. But speaking of, of that, you know, we want to be able to say what we want to say and spread it out and, and have it not be censored. I mean, this show has had episodes banned off of YouTube. We had our David Icke episode banned off of YouTube. We had our episode that I did with the guy who made the intro song, Ark from Destiny Lab, banned off of YouTube because we were talking about the uh, 1918 pandemic. So, you know, usually my East Coast accent tricks the YouTube algorithm thing and they can't <laughs> tell what I'm saying, but some of my guests are are more well-spoken. So, you know, it's just a matter of time, but that's why we need to educate and inform people about IPFS and getting this open sort of atmosphere back in the internet. Cause I don't know how many sites you guys go to, but you know, Sam Tripoli has been talking about this all the time, this dead internet theory. It feels like they're trying to push us into these apps and IPFS might be a road away from that. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. Everything, if, you know, I mean, and I'm doing it too. So I'm kind of being a hypocrite here, but like, you know, you sit on Twitter, you sit on, you know, I don't use Facebook, but like people only go to so many websites where back in the day, 
you know, there, there was all these different places that you, that you travel around, you find, you know, sometimes you find a crazy website. It was like finding gold. You're like, what the fuck is this? This is nuts. <laughs> so yeah, that's completely lost. And uh, actually one of the first things, you know, when me and Cap were talking for the first time, we were talking about, he's like, yo man, this is like some old ice cast shit. And I was like, yeah, dude, that's what I was kind of going for. Just like a, a, a weird text on a, on a, you know, a, a black background or whatever, not too much going on. But it gives it like a certain vibe where like, yo, this is like a unique spot. This is one page. You're not going to find it on Facebook. It's not going to be like a square space developed website or, you know, even websites kind of all look the same because they're all coming from the same place for the most part. So Amen. definitely a, a way to, to, you know, just make things unique again, make the internet cool and weird again. So right. it's not all just sterilized and, and the same thing. You could be on somebody's page and they have the same format and layout and colors of somebody else's page. It's, it's just too weird. I hear that, yeah. man. I hear That's that. That's the one man gang on that. I mean, he's like, uh, he curates and the, the playlist, but also the feel of the site was really dope to me. When I first saw it, I was like, it was such a, it's kind of a throwback to those first internet radio stations that I felt like was exhilarating in today's world where everything is on the same, like you said earlier, it's on the same platform. It's got the same sort of formula applied to it. So yeah, it's definitely, I think something that could at least keep a vibe going of, you know, what people want to put out and seeing if other people want to hear that type of stuff, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. And just like the feeling of, of finding something cool. Like I always got a huge kick out of that. If I could find a website that was dope that no one else was going to yet. And I could show everybody it like that always kind of made me feel cool. So, yeah. And then aside from that though, like one of the real magical parts though of IPFS is that the more people that are using it, the faster it all gets. So, it, you know, if everybody just started using it, it would be up and running at scale because it, it's, it's scales per person using it. You know what I mean? Now on that point, I mean, cause I'll say like the aesthetic, you guys both nailed it. It's perfect. I hear you. I love it. You know, as somebody, I'm only 27. So I only got so much of the internet when it was in its heyday. But I remember, and I've said this website many times, stumbleupon.com. You just go random websites. You just hit yeah. a button and it was amazing. You, they even had categories, conspiracy, paranormal categories. I mean, it was amazing, but that feeling of finding something, yes, I agree with you. But on that point of like the network of IPFS and how it speeds up, I'll say when I used your site, I mean, it didn't seem like there was any problem buffering. I hit play, it played right away. So it's fast. I mean, when you're creating, you know, when you're working on the back end, you know, what do you, is that, is that where this is going on with the, the speed or, or how? You know, it, it basically, do you know how like Tor works with the nodes? No. It's basically just pulling it from the closest node that it exists on. So I actually have a pinning service just because, you know, if a, like if five people went to listen at the same time, my one node wouldn't be able to handle that. So pinning services will just put it in different nodes all across the world. And uh, so when someone comes to it, like you're in Connecticut, if my node, in Pennsylvania is the closest, you'll pull directly from my node. And then if, I don't know, say somebody is right down the street from you though, and they just happen to have my website pinned to it, you'll pull it directly from them instead because it's just a faster, you know, the, the path of least resistance kind of thing. Okay, yeah. 
and the more nodes that sort of light up the the faster the speed throughout yeah. them all you know it's sort of multiplication you know of power by number wow yeah. and i i mean like corbett james corbett from the corbett report he backs up his site on ipfs and i run it in my note i have it pinned inside my notes. So like you could help out people and they'll never even know how many people are out there with their website pinned. You know mm. what I mean? So like that kind of, it's, it's almost like torrents too, sort of, you know what I mean? The more places it's pinned and can pull from the faster it's going to load. Right. But yeah, I'm almost certain the Grimerica show, I was just a guest on their show two weeks ago. That episode should be out this week. I don't know if all things go well, I think they're traveling, but they have recently gone and hosted their website, their RSS feeds, everything from their own server. And I'm almost certain they're using, oh, wow. they're using a network of nodes to pull that off. I, I could be wrong. It, it might be something similar, but yeah, there's a lot of people innovating in this space, man. And I'm, I'm happy to see it. I don't know how familiar you guys are with like what's going on in the podcasting world, but with podcasting 2.0 and index that Adam Curry made, it's essentially what you have with IPFS in the sense that it's sensor proof, right? Apple for the longest time just created the inventory. So they had the inventory and other apps would just plug into their inventory to, you know, get all of the podcasts that people yeah. were subscribed to. And that could be, you know, for someone like Alex Jones, when his RSS feed got taken away from him, I think it's the only time in history it's ever happened to anyone. Say, yeah, I never even heard of that before either. Yeah, I don't. I I'm almost certain that it was his website, his RSS feed, his YouTube channel, and like three other things, all in the turn of a, like one switch, which you know should really alarm anybody. And and Adam Curry, thanks to him, you know you don't have to worry about your podcast because. The podcast 2.0 index is basically the replacement for the Apple index. So now podcasts that are a little more, you know, savvy and wise to this situation, they're using that index instead. And, you know, I prefer to use those apps anyway, so it's a win-win. But yeah, a lot of the audience, unfortunately, listens on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube, the vast majority. And, you know, what you're doing on IPFS is sort of like a bridge to this unfettered sort of free internet world that so many people have just not even been aware of because they're not maybe tech forward. They don't work in a job where they're on a computer. So they just kind of have their phone, they have their apps and, you know, I mean, how many people work a job that doesn't involve computers these days? Not many, I'm sure, but <laughs> you know, unless you're out in a rural area, but yeah, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that so many people are, kind of corralled into these mainstream platforms and yeah we need more people bridging the gap like you're doing with dead world radio hey thanks man yeah i mean and i always try to tell this to people too like you could do anything with it so anything you think you're going to be doing youtube or facebook or or wherever you're going to go on the internet you could do it all on ipfs and like i kind of keep it streamlined and like, you know, kind of a creepy little website, but you could have a, a, a website that looks like every other website if you wanted to. So, I mean, the, the sky's the limit with it. Anything you could do on the internet, you could do it on IPFS. It is the internet. It's just, you know, evolved. It's an extension of the internet. So now, how in depth is like entry level for this type of thing? Like 
me being someone who, you know, has really only figured out how to do this podcasting thing outside of that, my computer, I'm not really sure, you know, so to speak, I can't really look under the hood and tell you what's going on. So, you know, would I need to learn a lot before I got my hands dirty with IPFS or is it pretty simple if I find the right like tutorials and whatnot? I mean, I think it's pretty easy. The the service that I use for pinning is called Pinata and you could sign up for a free account. And I think they give you like a gig a month of traffic that could go out and like in and out. But uh, so if you just wanted to play around with it, just sign up for a free Pinata account and uh, you know, you, you upload a file and it'll generate a hash for you. And then that hash is basically just the link instead of though having like a name, like, oh, this is, you know, cat picture zero one dot JPEG, it'll be that, but it'll have a certain hash to it. And then, so once you start building like the HTML after that, instead of, you know, plugging in like different just links, you're, you're plugging in these hashes. But that, I mean, other than that though, if you could get past just, it looks kind of more jumbled up than it actually is. If you could get past that, it's, it's the same as building anything on the internet. Even if you just like upload, like say somebody wanted to send you a funny video, you could just upload the video, get the hash of the video and send it to your friend. And then there it is. You know what I mean? Like it'll just appear, you know, not really stylized or anything, but it'll just appear on your screen. You could watch the video there if you want. Right. Right. And with so many people, whether they've been censored or banned or not worried about this type of thing. Yeah, that's cool. And kind of refreshing to hear that like, Hey, you could actually host your content for free or a minimal cost. And if you have enough people supporting you, you can crowdsource a lot of that back end. Cause for people who aren't sort of into this stuff, like I got to pay for my website. I got to pay for my podcast. I got to host the files for the podcast. That's not, you know, it's not just like invisible, funny money. Like they're charging me for the data, right? The, the, yeah. the downloads and whatnot. So what you're talking about with this node network can eliminate that cost, you know, in the long run, as we move forward and this technology gets more widespread and more, you know, interconnected within, you know, like, let's say this podcast, which is hosted by Transistor FM They're dope company. I recommend any podcaster use Transistor FM, but you know, it's hosted through them, whatever they're doing with their server, it's there. And then it goes out to all of the other places. And sure, I have the files on my computer, but they're not organized in an RSS feed. So it'd be a real pain in the ass to go and go and re-upload them somewhere. I'm sure you guys have seen those kind of problems before, but you know, it's like, we need to crowdsource this kind of thing. And with that node network, you can do that. You can you can have a bunch of, you know, let's say this show regularly gets, you know, a couple hundred, couple thousand people listening to it. Well, if all those people are tech savvy and it's going to get easier and easier as time goes on to, you know, click into these things, like you said, all you need is a pinata account, it sounds like. You, you, yeah, could, or you could actually support if, the show, you know, with, with your time and, and your sort of tech instead of your money. Yeah. They, if you are somebody that's like, you know, a little bit into computer software and stuff, if you get the desktop app that has a user interface, whereas it really is just drag and drop. It's like putting, you know, a song from your computer onto your phone. It's that simple. 
And that is a full node. So that's how you're able to start pinning other people's information and helping the network. Because pinata, you know, you're just kind of existing only in their nodes. So that's good to just get like a quick feel for it. And then if you want to take like one more, like a little, even just a baby step above that, just get the desktop full node. And uh, yeah, because it's, it's just as simple. And if you spend a half hour with it, I think, you know, you'll get the hang of it. You'll see what's happening. Right. Yeah. And, you know, between us three and everyone listening, this is very useful, not just for me as a podcaster, but with what I'm doing with our podcast cooperative, Alt Media United, trying to stay ahead of the curve and implement this kind of stuff and be a model. You know, we could set up. Let's do actually, it. Actually, I'm way uh, ahead of you. Let's set it up. What is it? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah see, the one man gang. I'm t- he's he's got ideas. Zach's got ideas. He's- yeah, well, hey, I'm serious, man, for sure. I mean, obviously, I need some advice from Cap on the compressor. Help me figure out what all these little knobs mean. But other than that, yeah, definitely, Zach. I would love to enlist your help and in return promote what you're doing. You know, not just with this episode, but by putting a page or a link to your node on our site you know on alt media united so people can see along the list of podcasters dead world radio oh what's this click the link oh god this isn't a podcast where am i and they end up on your page and and maybe some will really appreciate that you know that that kind of joy of like you said discovering something new that maybe you didn't even know was out there that you would enjoy no that'd be dope man thanks no problem it's the least i can do but, uh, but yeah, definitely a lot to learn in this space. And it's, it's kind of encouraging to hear that it's not so, you know, it, <laughs> tedious to learn. I mean, I, it's not for everybody, I'm sure, but it doesn't sound that uh, hard to get your hands wet and, and sort of get a feel for what's going on. And, and yeah, it sounds like anybody could do it. So I'm in. I mean, the podcast cooperative our website is hosted by, you know, some site, you know, XYZ host. So they could be replaced and, and that'll save me money. Who knows? I mean, it'd be sweet if I could convince every podcaster to create a node and then we'll all just host Alt Media United ourselves and be what a real cooperative is. But but who knows? We'll see. They'll have to hear this first and let me know what they think. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you could even streamline it. So I forget exactly what they call them, a cluster node. Mm-hmm. So you could set up basically like a file that everybody will download. And then we are all connected immediately because it's already just in how you built the cluster node. Right. But then so if everybody on Alt Media United was running it, if you upload a new, uh, new episode, it'll pull it onto everybody's node. So like, and if if somebody else, if I upload an episode, you'll pull it out to your node. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of cool stuff you could do with with something like that. Well, damn, maybe I saw it coming when I started this cooperative. Who, who better to have a node network than a cooperative of of people? I mean, it just seems to fit right in. and, And that's the cool thing about this internet tech space, you know, despite what you hear about big tech and all these scary things that they do, there are a lot of 
room there's a lot of room for improvement and a lot of ways to get involved and do that and so many open source projects have probably even made ipfs possible to begin with but i mean podcasting 2.0 that's an open source project for people who don't know what that means it means that anybody can freely go in and say oh this could be useful for my project too and then they take that tool whatever software it is and and they just pr plug it into what they're doing and you know this is how invention should be this is how things in the real world should be people should be able to be inspired and innovate from each other i don't know maybe that's my own personal opinion or personal philosophy but yeah i mean you're absolutely right. And that's how we've been doing it. You know what I mean? That's how me and Cap, uh, me and Cap got together. That's how I ended up emailing you. So, you know what I mean? And you never know what, what's out there. But, but if you put it out there, though, you know, you start drawing it to yourself. So, right. And, it's and wild I, how it always works out. And a rising, yeah. rising tide raises all ships, you know? So here we are. That's it. It's well, just about creating awareness and keeping the, the, you know, ability to put that those ideas and that material, that content, whatever it may be out so that it can, you know, reach more people and, and people can understand that, you know, the, the point of view that they see in mainstream media isn't necessarily the most common or, or, or there are other people with apprehension to align with those views. You know what I mean? And that, that sort of sparks conversations that need to be had for right. sure. Right. Well, Let's get weird, gentlemen. I got to ask you both. Do your families think you're crazy? I can say, depending on the family member, I would say, yeah, for sure. My family, a lot of my family thinks I'm crazy. Okay. And Zach? Uh, yeah, they do. I am. My brothers are kind of on the same page as me. But uh, yeah, my mom, my dad, they're looking at me like, what the hell is he talking about now? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm my 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 mom passed a few years ago, but before she passed, God bless her, she she bought a <laughs> like the whole family. What was the twenty three and Me or whatever it is the the service where you yeah uh, yeah she brought she got these out for Christmas and she's like she hands it to me and she's like but I you you're too crazy you you won't even you won't even participate if it's a family thing and I'm like no nah, I won't absolutely not <laughs> it was kind of funny but oh man yeah I'm right there with you I would not give my DNA to them either but yeah respect respect it's not an easy cross to bear but it's it's a road that few walk with pride but I got to ask you guys uh, another question as far as maybe your craziest theory, because we've all had, <clears throat> we've all had these moments where we learn something, and then maybe we go and tell somebody, and the way they respond is like, "Oh God, I got to be careful with how much of this stuff," you know. And and Sam always says like, "You don't give those, you know, this information to those who don't seek it." You know, it's a it's a lesson I think anybody learns when they get into this stuff. But if there was like a crazy conspiracy that you believed in that you think maybe could like warm somebody up to conspiracies, not just conspiracies, but maybe in a more broader perspective, or if you have a conspiracy that you just wouldn't even, you know, you wouldn't think to tell the average person because it's just too crazy. Any any conspiracies maybe you think you I haven't heard of before? Anything, any theories. Either one of you can answer this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, 
as far as like some conspiracy that would warm someone up to the idea of questioning what we're told, you know, the idea that the, I mean, that they found the passports of the people that were flying the 9-11 yeah. planes is a really intro level, like the buildings collapsed and everything was completely covered in dust, but they found the passports of the people involved is just insulting and really that's i think an intro level right that's pretty easy to sort of for anyone to digest and the pentagon too i mean you look at the pentagon and i mean a missile basically engines you know what i mean like all of that yeah oh man yeah too, too crazy it's like you know well, and that might be a harder sell, but I feel like, you know, the three of us, Cap, you, you spent some time in New York. I live pretty close to New York. I remember, you know, when I was a kid, they took us out of school when it happened, like a couple hours after it happened. I was in, you know, elementary school or whatever. But, but yeah, there's just something to it that it kind of hits close to home for people. And they really either hate that you bring it up you know, in any kind of way other than like memorance, you know, this sort of like blind, like memorial of, of unquestioning sort of sympathy or the inverse where people are like, yeah, that was fucking weird, you know, and maybe they're not like fully like what we say, I don't know, red pilled and they're like, yeah, and then building seven and all that, you know, but a lot of people really sort of can say, yeah, that's definitely not what they say it is, whether they agree on how exactly it happened. I mean, that gets into a whole different story, but no doubt. You don't, have to, you don't have to go the whole full, you know, gamut of the rabbit hole on that. Right. You, though, somehow. But you could. You don't, you know, just, just the, the idea of a passport making that, that entire situation as quickly as it was found, all of that. It's just unscathed it's, it's, comes out of the plane. Like, yeah, we're just going to open up the window. All of them. Passport right now. And I, you know what I mean? This is ridiculous, but I don't know. You know, the, the, the theories of, of, I mean, the pandemic was, I feel like tough in, on the, on the early end because, you know, God bless my girlfriend. But the, I mean, the moment that everything started, I was like, right in on it and and trying to figure out what was really going on and that was and i think that still is hard obviously but that was that was really difficult to to talk to people about that's an easy one but it's 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 really the truth i mean it's a lot it's a lot easier to tell someone about bohemian grove or any of these other you know ideas than it is germ theory versus terrain theory and why you shouldn't wear a mask. I hear you, man. Yeah. It's like, but it's so close to home because people are are sort of indoctrinated into, you know, you have to, you have to toe a political line at that point. You know, people already heavily subscribe to, to one side of the political fence or the other and sort of subscribe to it to the point where like families bust up over, you know, who they support when in reality, it's like, you know, all of that stuff sort of is, is set to divide people. So it hits, it, it, those sort of things hit closer to home and they're tougher to, to get people to identify with. Right. Right. Yeah. 
So yeah, like Bohemian Grove, like we'll never be there. Most of us might not ever be in California. So you could watch it from a distance, but yeah, COVID affected everybody. So to try to talk to somebody who bought it up, you know what I mean? And it's still kind of going on for some people, like oddly enough, <laughs> like, I don't know. That That is the tough one. Well, yeah. I mean, down there in Pennsylvania, they had what, like the three day scare where they were like, we're enforcing the masks. And then all of a sudden, like they turned it over or something. Now I, I'm almost certain that it's not being enforced. I think it was just Philadelphia. Like I moved up to Scranton in October of 2008 or I'm sorry, 2020. Okay. And it was already a different world. Like you could not wear a mask. Nobody really had much of a problem with it, but uh, down there it was like super strict. Right. And um, so I don't know, I, I have a different vibe up here, but my brother's still down there in Philly. He works in a, a sports bar as a bar back. But he said that when they did it the second time, like the most recent time, nobody was enforcing it and everybody was kind of like making fun of it and i think that's why they lifted it because like, wait we can't have them you know what i mean making mocking fun of us it now. yeah yeah <laughs> oh um, man yeah i remember driving through new york city and actually we went down to philadelphia last summer and it was summer so it was definitely more lax but yeah they were out there and New Haven's just the same, you know, it's got its university and that's just what it is. You know, when you live in a town with the university, they tend to be, you know, unless they're a standout, you know, outlier, they tend to be, you know, that kind of way and all about the fucking protesting and all this stuff. And, you know, we don't need to get into to the politics too much. But, yeah, I hear you, man. I went down to, to Philly. They had these signs on like the highway, you know light up signs that flash the messages that was like some kind of i think this maybe was in new york but it was like some kind of cheesy like new york ism that they like put in front of like and get your mask on you know what i mean or get out of here like that kind of thing like it's just so contrived so yeah i could see how people are are mocking it now and i'm glad to hear that because philly definitely is one of those like cities with like a attitude and and a sort of integrity that unfortunately you know sjw types at least in the comedy scene have kind of chipped away at that but i think there's still some real ones me i'm a fan of matt and shane's secret podcast and all the stuff that they talk about or not all the stuff they talk about but I, i'm a fan of their podcast and all of the the guests that they have on who you know are from the philly area so it's definitely uh, a place that I hear about often, although I don't go there very often. But yeah, man, I was hoping you guys were going to tell me like Tartaria or Flat Earth. I mean, to be fair, I haven't given you a chance yet, Dead World, to, you know, Zach to go ahead. But yeah, I mean, there's, I've had a rapper on the show. Shout out to Josh Monday. He's a good dude. He's a Christian rapper and uh, he's full blown Flat Earth. And I'm almost certain that he puts out flat earth rap songs so definitely you know check him out maybe consider him for one of the episodes on uh dead world radio but what about you zach you got any like wild crazy conspiracies that you would only tell your fellow red pill folks you're in good company here like the cryptid stuff like bigfoots and all that i kind of think there's something in that stuff and i don't know that's kind of like a goofy one that i think a lot of people accept i guess though like a hollow earth I think that pilot back in the day who was talking about, like he was like the best pilot, I forget his name, but he is Admiral the only guy Bird. to floor. 
Yeah, he flew over like the North Pole. And then he said he was like right. guided in by these other ships into the earth. And it was like this race of people. And then he gets back and they're like, oh, well, he's crazy. But then they never let anybody fly over that area again. Right. So I don't think that guy just lost his mind one day. I think something happened to him over there. No Whether, doubt. You know, it's like the ice wall or, or it's a hollow earth. Who, who knows? But he saw something over there. Dude, that's where I think the Bigfoots are coming from. And I, I you know, I know you didn't. <laughs> out of that hole. I didn't know. I, you know, I, I know you didn't mean it this way, but I almost got a little insulted. I, I don't think paranormal cryptids are, are goofy at all. You know, I do think, yeah, they're generally accepted. Of course, you know, they got TV shows that kind of make a mockery of the subject. But I don't know, man. I've met a lot of really honest and sincere people who have had these experiences just through throughout my life. Even before I had an opportunity to talk to so many cool people on the podcast, I've met people who had these experiences just through chance. So, you know, it was kind of, uh, kind of odd. Like when I was a kid, I was always, always fascinated by it. And now like the topic seems to have braided into like several different parts. Like some people are like, yeah, we're going to hunt them down. Some people are like, they're, oh, yeah. they're coming from alien ships. And then other people are like, oh, no, they're coming through portals and other phasing through dimensions and stuff. So, you know, I know you're out there in, in Pennsylvania. They got a lot of Sasquatch activity out there. What do you think? Yeah. Do you think they're flesh and blood? Do you think they're connected to aliens? Maybe somewhere in between or some kind of portal, interdimensional, spiritual? Like, what's your assumption when you look at that topic i mean i've actually been getting more into like the whole they like come in and out of our realm or whatever like the three-dimensional space they could kind of move through to the dimensions i mean maybe like you know what i mean like that that kind of makes sense that's why nobody could actually get a good clear shot of them no one could get too close you know what i mean the how cerebral they could potentially be you know what i mean they could sense you coming that's why they're yeah. never gonna let you see them right but i don't know man i think also the the world is way bigger than people think there's so much space out here like if you drive through pa there's cities that are massive or whatever and there's a lot of people but there's like hours and hours where you're going to drive through the forest so in mountains you know what i mean so to act like something's out there that we don't know about yet or to act like that's that's crazy to think i think is crazy you know what i mean there's so much space out mm. there that that we just wouldn't know right yeah, I was down in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and they have stories over there amongst the Amish of uh, a type of Sasquatch that they call the Apple Witch. It's like, a, mm. you know, seeing around their apple orchards stealing apples. And I mean, if I was a Sasquatch, I would definitely <laughs> grab a bunch of apples if I could. But what do you think, Cap? I mean, what, do you look at that topic at all? What's your What's your thoughts on it? I... I've looked at it for, I was always fascinated with stuff like that, you know, as a, as a kid doing book reports on the Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot and that. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I feel like it's a definite possibility. I heard someone not too long ago say to the argument of like finding a dead Sasquatch and why we never found one and stuff like that. But it's like, when you look at the population of black bears, I lived in upstate New York before I moved back to Florida and like there were black bears in that area and we would go on all types of hikes and out in the woods. And I never saw a dead black bear and yeah. a pretty populated area in regards to black bears. So the idea that a very, very scarcely populated 
animal wouldn't be readily found on hikes and things like that is is pretty, pretty plausible. And I think it's something that from a culturally historical perspective is, has been in myth and legend for hundreds and hundreds of years. Right. So there's, there's gotta be something to it. I think that it, it, it's, it's fascinating to think about. So, yeah, but as far as my own belief, I'm a little bit more inclined to only believe in the things that I can see proven out. So I wouldn't put it past it being possible, but I don't know. I, I can't state that based on the evidence that I've seen with my own eyes yet. I hear you. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, they do say those who seek it, you know, fine. But I don't know if that's the case with, with these cryptids. Cause it seems like when people go out in the woods with the intention of finding them, and I'm one of those people. So I'm speaking from experience. It seems like, you know, you never, you never get what you expect. You know, I've had strange experiences, but I've never seen, you know, what I can maybe call a cryptid. I've seen weird animals, but I've never seen a cryptid. And then, yeah. You know, it just from talking to different people like Tony Merkel's been on the show twice and I asked him about this because he's like the guy who talks to witnesses and people who encounter weird stuff, you know, and then next to I think the Sasquatch Chronicles guy got to give him a shout out too. But Tony, he said, yeah, there's something to that, you know, this intention like of wanting to go out there it's like they sense it you know to your point zach about these creatures having like a conscious cerebral sort of like reaction to us when they see us and and maybe even way ahead of when we see them you know like save for like these few times when they're like walking in the distance and we catch a glimpse of them and they're already 10 paces out of sight by the time we know what we saw yeah, maybe they, they, that's why we've only seen them like that. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, this guy's messing around. He's not going to be able to snap a good pick on me. Like, I <laughs> right. Slip on by. Real quick. <laughs> right, man. I wonder if it was different because there are stories like to your point, Cap, like this is something that human beings have experienced for many, many years. I remember reading a story when I was a kid, like doing a book report probably or something like that. And uh, I saw this Bigfoot story. This guy got picked up in his sleeping bag he was camping out there somewhere in canada in like the 1910s or something like that and he's just sleeping in a sleeping bag and and next thing he knows he's like upside down in the sleeping bag being like hauled along this mountain and he's like what the heck is going on you know like he's being kidnapped and i'm pretty sure he could probably give a good thought that he wasn't being held up by a man so by the time this like sasquatch lets him go he's in the middle of this like camp of many sasquatch and according to this story the sasquatch basically like kidnapped him and kind of observed him and gave him some food and and kind of like after a few days realized like maybe they didn't need him or something like he he tried to describe like their intentions and and he wasn't sure why they ever kidnapped him but yeah he lived to tell the tale so they didn't bash his head in they probably could have but yeah he told the story and it made its way to a newspaper and then that was put in a book and that's when i read it but you know it was uh one of the more interesting stories and i wonder if maybe as technology has progressed they've been yeah more wary of of us you know it's easy to 
to beat us up and you know when there's just one of us in a in the forest you know but we start pulling weird devices out and they're like okay we need to get the hell out of here this could be a gun exactly exactly it's you know like the, or at least the ca- there's a camera on everything now they probably know that right you know? well i mean yeah how conscious are they i mean i'm thinking from terms of like a an animal like a, I don't know. I mean, it's people who have dogs probably talk about this, but you ever try to like take a picture of your dog and it's just always like looks like I don't own a dog, but I've seen people try to do this. Like it, I probably try to take a picture of my aunt's dog, but they always like look away, you know, like maybe there's some good boys, but yeah, they're, they have this like sense, man. And who knows, maybe that even though Sasquatch is off in the woods and they're not like reading like the latest tech blog, they, they can sense it, you know, they know what's up. They want you to live that experience. They don't want you to put it on Instagram. They want mm. you to live. Well, there's like the a Sasquatch. Yeah. And then maybe it's something more spiritual. Like it's the intention, like it, just by having your phone, there's like some sort of fear or attachment to the grid or to society that they oh, sense, wow. you know what I mean? And like, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel that way sometimes. Like I want to just like not have my phone at all and, my girlfriend is like that. She's total hippie. She hates that I got her a phone. But, but you know, it's like there is this sort of freedom and independence from that, that for whatever reason, you know, with my job particularly, but just at this point in my life, I'm like, yeah, no, I kind of got to stay a little close to the grid. And that's why, you know, when I go out into the woods and stuff, like, shit, I should just lock my phone in the car, you know? Maybe I will see a Bigfoot. I mean, but then again, maybe I'll also be missing 411 and, and I'll be like, damn it, why didn't I take my phone? So there's two ways you can go out. Possible. It's dangerous to be out there without a cell phone nowadays, you know? Right. I mean, unless you're armed and I was going to say, go out with a strap. You'll be fine. Yeah. Unless you're, unless you're strapped up, I, you know, which I am not, unfortunately. Maybe I shouldn't tell all the anybody who hears this that but yeah and at this point in my life no not put a huge target on your back yeah but you know hey listen i've been training the arts of kung fu for a while so if anybody wants to test me i'll put that out there i got a black belt in conspiracy and a red belt in in martial arts we don't, we don't have to talk about this on dangerous well, I, I'm with you on this episode but it, it's been said we've done podcasts about martial but anyways back to Back to you guys. So what's what's in the what's in the store for the future? You know what's next? I mean, Cap, you're working on music. You just put something out in February, uh, a new album called Doom World. Obviously, Dead World Radio is pumping out episodes. I was listening to one that came out in March. I don't think I saw one for April. Maybe I missed it. But episode 33. That's a big number. It's a big number, Zach. What's coming out for episode 33? Did I miss it, or is that the next one up? Oh, I think I'm on 35. Okay, so I missed some stuff. I, I I listened to 32 and thought that was the most recent. Okay, yeah. I had. I mean, I have been slacking, though. I've been kind of busy. I've been working a lot, trying to stack some money. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just kind of going to try to keep putting out episodes. I'm trying to get more interviews going it's just kind of hard to get them regularly for me right now. So I don't know. I might be just kind of sticking to like one a week 
And then when I could get an interview, you know what I mean? Is when I could get it. But I was for a second, I was trying to go just full, like always get interviews now, but I don't know. That's not working out the way I thought, but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm sticking to it. I'm going to be putting out cassettes. I just got a cassette duplicator. Uh, I'm putting out Cap Jones, Doom World, which I'm super hype on. So we got that going. There's a couple artists I'm trying to reach out to to see if they'd be into it. And yeah, just stuff like that. Anything from the dead world, man. And I, lo- I love cassette tapes. I I'm, I'm collect them. I collect VHS tapes. Something about this technology I think is so cool. So that's kind of just what I'm sticking with right now. Right on. I love it. Yeah, and I definitely encourage you to to keep up with that, brother. And maybe I can even help out with the interviews. But we'll keep the conversation going afterwards and for you cap you got the the new album out doom world people could check that out but what what's next well yeah doom world came out it was was, i did all the production by myself and it took a lot it took a lot more it's like 15 tracks i think so it took a lot more effort i had a couple features on it which was super cool we got a feature from killer priest and another feature from Shabam Sadiq, who I've done songs with in the past, and he he's actually on the song that Zach was talking about called Human Behavior. Right. And um, so Shabam and I talked about maybe doing an EP. I'm working on another EP, just a solo EP with a producer that I met online named Gamma Rad, who's super, super dope producer. And it's cool. It's the first thing I've ever done that I didn't self-produce, which is, which is fun. And then I just, I just recorded a single with a producer named Sovereign, who's done stuff with all types of artists and uh, she's super dope. So it's cool. I'm, I'm kind of like testing the waters of working with other producers. I'll probably do a, another album after I get done with these projects that's sort of in theme with all the other solo stuff that I've done. But right now I'm just kind of trying to open up my circle and work with other producers and and other artists. And I'm super excited about that. I'm excited about some features lined up and hopefully Shabam and I can sort of work the schedule out and, and do a whole EP because it's always fun working with him. I've done a couple of tracks with him and both of them turned out great. Right on. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And I definitely look forward to listening to that if there's any music that you guys could like send me like just the mp3 we could even put it at the end of the episode so people can get a little taste of it before they go and check it out for themselves and then obviously all the links send them over to me and they'll be in the description for everybody who has made it this far thank you so much for joining me guys and uh, zach thanks for reaching out brother like i said when I responded right up my alley and I appreciate you however you found my show and I appreciate you reaching out and making the connection because obviously we have similar interests and goals you know with what I'm doing with Alt Media United and what what you're doing with Dead World Radio and IPFS so let's make this connection even stronger moving forward and Cap as well brother it's been great talking to you great hearing your opinion and and i'm definitely looking forward to tuning into your music what's already out and what's coming out man and yeah i'm not certain i remember shabam but i can almost most likely tell you i've probably heard him (laughs) rap before you know his name sounds familiar but i couldn't like identify him but uh, either way very cool stuff brother killer priest everybody should know who he is so that's Really cool. Got to check that out. But definitely an honor and a pleasure to talk to you both. 
Uh, thank you so much for being here, folks, and enjoy the moment wherever you are in the now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Yes, it's a Wednesday episode. Yes, I should have an extended outro, but I don't. A lot of the conversations that I've had in the past few weeks have been really, really good, and they've all been like two hours long, so none of them quite make the cut to be you know, fit into this episode, but that's okay because pretty soon you guys are going to be getting all those episodes and more on the Patreon. If you're a supporter of this show, you get all those episodes early. If you aren't, well, you got to wait, but that's okay. It'll be out for free eventually. If you want this show to keep going at the rate and at the speed that it is, Please do support the show. Um, You know, my bills don't pay themselves. And this is a full-time job. Don't get me wrong, though, folks. Uh, My my rent's not just magically getting paid by someone else. When folks aren't supporting the show, I got to go and do odd jobs. I got to make money other ways, which takes time away from this show. And it takes time away from the content that I could be creating so if you want to see more of the my family thinks i'm crazy podcast please do go to patreon it definitely helps me out to get that monthly payment um wouldn't be able to pay rent without it and all that good stuff obviously i'm having some car troubles if you've been listening to the latest 10 or so episodes you might have heard me mention it before so yeah now more than ever i could really use any support even if it's just a one-time donation it'd be immensely helpful and if you do support the show with a one-time donation of more than five dollars i will send you a sticker in the mail you just have to make sure to include your shipping address and it's really easy you just go to the Kofi store and buy a sticker that's one way to do it and you can donate as much money as you want you just put your address in there think about buying that sticker as a one-time donation because for me doesn't cost much to get a bunch of those stickers in bulk so it really helps out when you're able to support the show and in return you get to tell the world that your family thinks you're crazy because you know who knows maybe they won't even know that the podcast you know the sticker is about a podcast they might just think oh this guy's got a wacky sticker that he found somewhere or maybe this gal has a wacky sticker she found somewhere but either way i love everybody who's tuned in Cap Jones, Zach from Dead World Radio, great guests, real pleasure to talk to them. They rule. And, you know, I really dig IPFS. I think it's the next step for internet freedom. So I'm trying to learn as much as I can about IPFS. If you know more than I do about IPFS, uh, please get in touch with me. I'd love to compensate you for your time and your knowledge. Um, that's very helpful to me right now so please let me know if that's your expertise coding anything like that app development get in touch with me i know there's a lot of talented people that listen to the show musicians artists don't stop hitting me up i am still interested in working with you sometimes your messages just get pushed to the back so don't hesitate it won't be lame if you bump your message up and say hey 
Did you miss this? I won't think any less of you. So please do get in touch with me if you want to make something happen. I'm always open to collaboration, whether that's through your talents or maybe you're a kick-ass podcast guest that I can have on this show. Who knows? I've had some really interesting conversations with people who just got their podcast started or, you know, maybe their podcast has been going for a while and, you know, it doesn't seem like it's got a lot of traction. Who cares? I don't care. I'm more interested in talking about interesting things with you. And I don't think you have to be popular to be interesting. In fact, I think most people who uh, are popular tend to be less interesting than the rare individuals that you know, for whatever reason, don't get the same attention. So you're not going to see the same regular old guests on this show. You're going to see high level experts and extremely unique people with one commonality, one commonality, which is our families may or may not think we're crazy. A lot of times these guests have families that don't think they're crazy because they're just so grounded and reasonable in whatever field happens to be uh, their specialty so very cool stuff if you want to get every episode of the podcast early like i said please go to patreon and support the show you can also kind of get early episodes if you're a supporter on rockfin i publish the videos early there i just put an episode out on rockfin with the truth seeker from the truth seeker show uh rapper truth seeker very interesting guy christian mystic and uh, that was a great conversation. That's about it for today's episode. If you want to get in touch with me, Telegram, Instagram, any gram, you want to send me a gram, a gram of weed, preferably. That would be the only grams that I would accept in the mail. Um, but yeah, Telegram, Instagram, gram of weed, we accept all of those. So please get in touch with me. Like I said, you could do a one-time donation on the Kofi store, or you could support the show in all the ways. And myfamilythinksomecrazy.com is the place to find all that. You can also find a link to my latest appearance on macroaggressions. I shouldn't say latest. It's my first appearance on macroaggressions. Charlie Robinson's fantastic podcast. It was on band.video. That's right. Alex Jones knows who I am now because of my skull and bones interview maybe I don't know I'm just saying that but who knows maybe I'll be on Infowars and Alex will say tell me about skull and bones what have you seen do you know Hibbler get me in touch with Hibbler anyways that's my Alex Jones impression I heard I had a wicked good Ron from New England impression, so I'll just do my wicked good Ron from New no, now I'm Now I'm abusing it. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I love you all so much. If you want to hear more funny, laid-back, crazy goodness, be sure to tune in to Illuminati Confirmed. We got two new episodes coming out this month, and you can get them early right now on the Patreon. That's right. As well as eight podcast there's probably more than eight i'm just bad at counting bonus patreon only illuminati confirmed episodes with just the hosts and those will never make their way to a free rss feed because they're dangerous they're risky we're talking about everything we talk about our wives our girlfriends our lovers 
okay? It's amazing. It's an amazing, fun, fun time. As for this time, be sure to support Cap Jones on Spotify. Go over to Dead World Radio. The link will be in the description. You can go right to the IPFS node. And the more people that are on it, the stronger the connection is. So go check it out right now. See if we can boost Zach's numbers. IPFS, Dead World Radio, all hip-hop, no whack shit. That's all it is for me, folks. Look out for a really cool bonus episode that's coming out this Friday. And that's about it. Have a great moment wherever you are. And now, peace. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109.